Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And today we're going to talk about the role of discernment when it comes to our identity in Christ, being a new creation, and how do we recognize what is not us and what is truly us. And here's the reason why I want to address this topic. Typically, some feedback that I hear often is, you say I'm a new creation, you say I'm dead to sin, alive to God, but what I don't understand is, why do I keep having bad thoughts? Why do I keep feeling emotions that I know aren't godly? If I'm new, and if I'm truly dead to sin, then doesn't it make sense that these things would be gone in my life? And yet when I feel and think these things, it communicates to me that the old me is still around, that I'm progressively becoming new. And maybe by the end of my life, I will really see some change. And, and heaven is really the ultimate place, uh, a destination where I will find the freedom that the scriptures talk about. And so I want to talk about the role of discernment because this really is the issue. We don't truly understand that we live in a world that has a world we can't see. <laughs> we see the natural, we see what's right in front of us, we see what's visible, and yet the scriptures talk about there's an invisible world. Uh, it says in Hebrews that, that God actually created the world from things unseen, things not visible. He didn't create something out of nothing. He created, in, he created visible out of things that were not visible. And so we have to realize that not every thought you have, not every emotion you feel is actually who you are or is originating from you. When we don't realize there's a spirit realm, what happens is we assume every thought we have and every emotion we feel is actually who we are. So what does that actually do? It messes with your identity because now you identify yourself based on your thoughts and your feelings. And if those don't align with who Jesus is, then you will find your identity primarily around your emotions or primarily around your thoughts instead of primarily around Christ and Him crucified and resurrected and who you now are because of what He's done. That really is, I mean, that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's our old life was dealt with. We've been given a new life. It's not just a new start. It's a new life, a new orientation that is incorruptible. Sure, it starts out like the smallest seed, but it becomes the largest tree in the garden. Sure, our experience may start small, but it's fully who we are. It's just a matter of learning to ignore things that are no longer us learning to say that's not me I don't think that way and here's the truth guys you don't need to believe everything you feel but you will feel everything you believe that's what your emotions are for 
they're a gift from God to help you realize what you actually think and believe. Oftentimes, most of our beliefs are in our subconscious. Therefore, our emotions are pulling to the surface what we actually think, what we actually believe. That's why if you're feeling discouraged and depressed all the time, guess what's probably going on in the background of your mind that you're not even aware of? You probably have those, those loops of lies that say you're nothing, you can't do this, you can't do that, there's no future for you, there's no hope for you, you're disappointing God, he's disappointed with you, you're failing God, he's frustrated with you. If that's the loop that goes through your internal dialogue, I promise you, you will feel the fruit of those thoughts in your emotions and you might think, well, this is just the way life is. In fact, that's how the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to believe this is, this is how it is. This is the best it's going to be. You got to fight your whole life. And you know what? You will get what you believe. And, you'll, you, and what it does is it becomes a lens through which you view life, through which you view God, through which you view people, through which you view the scripture. So what you'll actually do is you will actually read into the Bible your own perspective of yourself and you'll find scripture and you'll interpret words, not as they are, but as you are, as you think. That's so why I love, um, see there, the Proverbs of the Psalms, I think it's Proverbs, says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The, here's, the, here's the funny thing. In all honesty, perception is not reality. Reality is reality. <laughs> but the reason that phrase makes sense is because perception will define your reality. Your day-to-day -day existence perception becomes the lens through which you view life. So if your perception is messed up, you think you're messed up, you think people are messed up, you think God's messed up, you think circumstances are messed up, you think work's messed up, you think family's messed up, you think everything is messed up, and it's not. It's the lens through which you view your world. That's why repentance is such a big deal. In fact, I would even say, um, you know, often we talk about deep repentance. We need deep repentance. Well, deep repentance is not guilt, shame, groveling. What deep repentance is, is it touches our subconscious. It's so deep that our subconscious is actually changing. So that when we're not consciously aware of what we're thinking and believing, what's actually going on in the background is you're alive to God. You're full of Holy Spirit. God is at work for you. He is for you. Who can be against you? You see, when that's what's going on below the, the, the waterline, then you know what? Your normal is peace. Your normal is joy. Your normal is unoffendable. That's your normal. So because we don't recognize the spirit realm, what happens is the enemy suggests thoughts and ideas to us all the time. We think it's us. We think we're messed up. Therefore, we own it. And then we try to stop doing it. But the problem is it's, it's, it's so 
captured our focus and attention that all we do is think about it. Guys, we actually worship it. The reason people sin is because they worship sin. The reason Christians who talk about sin all the time sin all the time is because they worship sin. And I don't mean they sing songs to sin. I don't mean they you know, do weird rituals or things like that. What I'm saying is they build their whole lives around a don't. They build their whole lives around what they shouldn't do, what they need to stop, what they need to prevent. Therefore, their whole world is not built around the person of Jesus. Their whole world is built around not doing the thing they think Jesus will reject them for. So therefore, it's the lens through which they view everything. So what do they do? They criticize themselves all the time. They're constantly badgering themselves. What do they do to people? They do the same thing. They look for what's wrong. They look for sin. They look for the problems instead of looking for the person of God. Here's the deal, guys. You know that phrase, Jesus, be the center. It's a song, I think. Be the center. And the way we view that is like people standing in a circle. You know, you got 10 people in a circle and Jesus in the middle. Jesus, be the center of our community. Unfortunately, that's a dualistic worldview because now you're viewing God apart from you and you're viewing him in a place that you're not. (laughs) The truth is Jesus be the center is Jesus in the center of that circle now multiplied to be in the center of every person in that circle. Now I see the Christ in you. You see Christ in me. We treat one another as if Jesus actually lives in you and Jesus lives in me. Now we go about our world and our day thinking not God be right next to me, but God, you're infused in me. I am in union with you. And that's the good news. So think about this. John chapter 8. Jesus makes this stunning statement. So the, the Pharisees are coming to him. They said, Jesus, um, God is our father. Who are you to say that he's your father? And Jesus makes this statement that I would imagine caught them off guard. It's found in John eight forty four. He's talking about the devil. He says, um, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so let's walk this through. Let's think about this. If the devil is the father of lies, what does that mean? Number one, it means you're not. That means, what does a father do? A father generates seed to be planted in a womb to create a life that when carried to full term delivers a new life form, a baby. Okay, so if the devil is the father of lies, he is the generator of lies, that means you are not. That means you cannot generate a lie. All you can do is open the womb of your heart to the seed 
of the enemy, which is a lie that he generates. When he suggests that to you and you agree with that, you identify with that, you wrap who you are around that, and you carry that thing to term, guess what it births? Sin. That's what James 1 is actually getting at. When, when James is saying in James 1, he says, he says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. And after desire conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, we got to realize this, guys. I know it says his own evil desire. And you can go, well, see, there it is. The devil is the one that has evil desires. You, as a new creation, don't. Romans 6 says you are dead to the wrong thing. Colossians 2 says the wrong thing has been circumcised from you. Galatians 5.24 says that nature with its desires and lusts has been crucified, past tense. The book, the, the book of Psalms says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you got to realize when the devil tricks you and makes you think it's your desire to do evil and you meditate on that thing, it becomes full blown expressed in your behavior, not because it's who you are, but because it's what you believe. And why is it what we believe? Because we don't think there's a spirit realm. We don't realize there's an unseen world where the enemy is trying to suggest things to you, get you to come into agreement with him so that his kingdom can flow through you. Why is the enemy want you to come into agreement with him? Because he has no authority. He has absolutely no authority. That's what Matthew 28, Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth, which means the devil has no authority in heaven or on earth. 1 Peter 5, 8 says the devil roams around like what? Like a roaring lion, not like a biting lion, not like an eating lion. Why? Because he can't do anything. He is powerless. He is not powerless. Full, you are powerful. So what does he do? He brings you under the influence of a lie and then he can suggest thoughts to you all day long and he can be the puppet master to make you do things that you think you're choosing and you don't realize you're a slave. So when people say, I'm free and their freedom leads to sin, what they're actually don't realize is they're a slave because the puppet master is dictating their life. He's actually leading them astray and yet he gives you the credit and makes you think you're free and yet the fruit of that freedom is destruction in your life. That's why Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death because it always produces death. It does not bring life and God is wanting you to realize you are dead to the wrong thing and alive to him. When you see it, you'll recognize those thoughts, those ideas. You know what you'll begin to say? I don't think that way. That's not me. 
I don't have that perspective or perception. And you know what begins to happen? It's like it's like someone is turning in an application for renting a house and you have a big stamp that says access denied or application denied and the devil gives you gives you his application. Can I have your authority? Can I have influence on your life? I'm going to suggest this thought and if you sign it, I've got you. And what, and what we get to do is stamp it with a big red stamp and say, access denied. No, you don't. It's not who I am. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, I have the mind of Christ. That's who you really are. You know, Ephesians 6, when it's talking about the, the armor of God, did you know that all of the armor is merely a metaphor for the person of Jesus. Think about it. Belt of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Gospel of peace. I am the prince of peace. Helmet of salvation. You have the mind of Christ. Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus says, or, or the scripture says in John 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Shield of faith. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Breastplate of righteousness. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of faith. It's his righteousness. And it's a gift to us. And now we are righteous by faith. And what is the shield of faith intended for? The shield of faith is intended to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Here's the funny thing. Jesus said... The enemy is coming for me. I think this is in John 14. I could be wrong in my reference, but I think it's right around there. John 14. He said, the enemy is coming for him. He said, he has no hold on me. That's the shield of faith. Why? Because Jesus trusted the Father. No one can snatch me, can snatch them out of my hand. Same was true for Jesus. Same is true for us. Jesus said, I, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down freely. Guys, we've got to realize the shield of faith is recognizing God protects all of me, not just parts of me. So therefore, if you're constantly being attacked, I would inspect what do you actually try? What do you expect? Do you expect attack? Do you expect when you when you increase in responsibility and favor and influence that you're going to experience more attack? Guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, not because it's the truth, but because it's a fact that you have 
elevated to the truth because it's a historical precedence that now you make a scriptural truth and it's not. Can you see it in the scripture? Sure. But is it God's highest revelation of himself in you? No. Who is? Christ. Jesus is the highest revelation of the nature of God and he dwells in you. So therefore, when your expectation is protection, provision, joy, peace, righteousness, holiness, relationships, impact, fruitfulness, the glory of God, guess what your experience will be? All of those things. Will it look like the picture that you've had in your head your whole life? Maybe and maybe not. Because what if the glory of God is is different than the way we've always thought it would be? What if it's less hocus pocus? And what if it's more what we see in nature and creation. Yes, there's miracles, but guess what? A tree growing is a miracle too. How did that work? A divine creator came up with that idea. When we see the trees and the grass and the water and the sky and, and men coming up with ideas for building homes and buildings, buildings and, and serving people, when we see all of that filtered through the supernatural activity of God, then we're in wonder all the time. Doesn't mean we don't expect miracles. Doesn't mean we don't uh, expect God to do amazing things. But guys, guess what? Miracles happen because something bad has happened. What if something good just continues to perpetuate? What if people aren't sick anymore? What if people aren't poor anymore? Do, do we really think God's highest order is always having to see a miracle? What if his highest order is always being provided for? Is always being healthy? What if that's what it is? Does that mean when I'm sick that now my theology goes out the window? No. Just because I face contradiction doesn't mean I abandon what, the person I trust. And it doesn't challenge the goodness of God. It means I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Because it's an he's an infinite person. And I'm in this finite experience right now. But I'm not going to downgrade what I believe because my experience doesn't match up to it. I'm going to trust that he's going to accelerate my experience. My experience is allowed to come into question. Not the truth. Not who God is. And guys, here's the deal. I've watched people walk into victory with this stuff. I've watched people stop sleeping around, stop getting drunk, stop going after lustful things because they started realizing that's not me anymore. I'm dead to that. That thought is not mine. They let their mind get renewed to who they really were. And you know what happened? It was like pulling the, a plug out of the wall. That temptation no longer had power on it. There was no power on it. Because it wasn't plugged into their identity anymore. They realized Jesus was their identity. Did it happen overnight? No, but it happened a lot faster than we thought. And it wasn't through the sweat of their brow that they overcame. It was through trust. 
and believing what God said. Their actions followed suit. Were they mature in every area of life? No. But they were growing and changing and developing and they weren't performing anymore. And I can remember a particular friend who kept saying, but Justin, I, I'm not trying to do this, but I can't help what's going on in me. I don't want to do these things anymore. I want to do these things. And the new things were holy things, righteous things, because they were expressing who he really was. And that was the good news. So Father, I thank you that we're all awakening to the truth of who Jesus is in us. We're realizing day by day, more and more, that glory is actually increasing in our experience that we've had and we just didn't know. And I just declare acceleration in this season, power, all the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God would be a normal expectation for day-to-day -day living. And we trust you with that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes so iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care. Mm -hmm.